0: Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play, powered by BlueBet. Campbell Responsible, call 1 800 858 858. Breaking down the big game from the night
1: before. This is Bleeding Black, the morning after on NZ.
2: the highest honour. This is the Rugby World Cup final. New Zealand's defence hold firm. Here's Harrison
0: Scarrett. She's got Kildan wide and Kildan will strike in the opening two and a half minutes for England. What a start for the Red Roses. Cocaine will hit the target. It's Abby Ward and here comes the rolling ball of England. Organised. It's with Cocaine in the back. Back and a half, that will drive the line, and England in the middle. Inching forward. Oh, it's perfection again. Kakane. That is so organised and so disciplined in this area. Kakane marching to the try line and scores. Trying to manipulate some space for Woodman. Looking to get around the outside. Inside ball for demand. And then it's
2: just come off an England hand. And for me, here it is. Head ahead. She's coming across at speed. It's a reckless action. I'm seeing no mitigation. Are you seeing the same thing?
0: 100% agree. So it's
2: a red card to fill team. 100% agree.
0: Massive, massive moment in this final.
2: Ponson down
0: the for Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. England will play 60 minutes of this final with 14. New Zealand looking for first points. And they've scored them. It's Georgia Ponson. This time they go to the middle. It's Matthews who gets it under duress. And New Zealand have done well just initially to hold this up. And now it's funneled back for this impressive hooker. And look at the New Zealand defence splinter as the wide anaconda snakes its way forward. Trying to strangle New Zealand. Again, look at the Black Bears having to hurry back England. Pressure, pressure, pressure coming. Packers got it. Under the arm now. Are you never stopping Marley Packer from there? What a response from England. Foxy wants it. Use it. And told to use it by referee Davidson. Fitzpatrick, demand on the wrap around Holmes. There's space here, remember. England short. Ayusha Letienga, in and away, and over. And they drive again, just power. Rumbling forward once more. New Zealand, powerless to stop. it with Marley Packer once more funneled across they've stopped them just on the line bodies everywhere crashing over still not there now it is new zealand regroup it's funneled back to bremna chelsea amy rule has got it there and amy rule goes over for new zealand but we're going to halftime after a quite mesmerizing 40 minutes of rugby and it is england who lead in the world cup final 26 19 over new zealand some space for New Zealand wide here, Flula, oh what a show and a go from Flula's, Holmes in the middle, Holmes looking for support taking on Kildan, back to Flula, New Zealand strike from the ends of the world what a try to start the second half charges up six metres short, New Zealand working the short side numbers for Murray in the corner Crystal Murray impact off the bench, the detonators go boom, it's to the middle for England this time Oh look so quickly into their work, just funneled straight back to Cocaine, charging, charging, Cocaine on for a hat-trick, Cocaine puts England back in front with her third try of the final. Abby Dow superb, a prop coming across and then huge collision with Kennedy Simon. So yeah, initial point of contact as you said is on the shoulder and then it rides up. Yeah, so yellow card to 20 bucks. But Patrick again stands the kick. This one might set up for Stacey Flohler. Just short. Let's The crutch is over and New Zealand go back in front with nine minutes to play.
3: I think you've got to go the line out. It's been looking unstoppable so far from England. I mean, you could take the three points, try and go for ET extra Seven. time, but I think they've got the muscle to do it.
0: It's on New Zealand's side. They couldn't control it and in your life have you ever seen anything like it from the depths of despair to world cup winners once more new zealand are the champions
3: Yeah, New Zealand are the champions. The Black Ferns, the final of the Rugby World Cup last night at Eden Park, a sellout crowd. And uh, what an occasion. Uh, Steve Devine is with us. Mate, that was was fearless rugby, wasn't it, from the Black Ferns? Yeah. I mean, I I don't know if you heard before about Andy Thompson talking about 2011 final. He was there for the All Blacks game, and he said it was a quiet crowd, and uh, he he put that down to nerves. The Black Ferns, that just felt like a celebration. Yeah, uh,
4: I think possibly with the crowd um, you know, we were expected to win the men's final in 2011 which made everyone nervous. This, this game I don't think we were expected to win it. You know, the English were massive favourites and had done what they'd done all tournament, and um, so yeah, just just amazing atmosphere. Was it was a, a party atmosphere to you know to to celebrate and um, just so so rap for the girls and uh, all involved to, to, to get home with a win. Just
3: amazing. Yeah, fantastic win for them, and, and you know particularly given that they were fourteen nil down after thirteen minutes, you're like, Phew, this could go sideways.
4: Yeah, listen, the, the you know the the English team are very good at what they do, which and you know I I, I despise watching it because it was just so boring and you know but they didn't have a plan B they 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 all tournament even against teams they should have put a hundred points on you know they did their rolling more and they did their lineouts and scrum penalties you know it was just they never practiced anything other than what they were good at and. Then you come to a team that's, you know, prepared not to give them what they want and, and throw it around and make them run. And all of a sudden the, the big girls up front and the big girls out in the back line um, started to struggle a little bit. So, you know, good on Wayne Smith. He came up with a game plan, you know, a game plan that could beat England because it was always going to be, um, we're going to be- you know, a team's going to play England in the final, and and you know they did it. I, I, I you know, the best thing about it, is it was good versus evil. It was, <laughs> it was good rugby. It was good rugby. Uh, a team willing to throw it around and entertain versus uh, the bad, which is rolling walls and scrum penalties. And um, yep. So I say. Take it on the chin, England. Pack your bags and go home because um, go back up the northern hemisphere and play that crap because uh, that's not what we lo- that's not what we do down here.
3: No, it's not what we do down here. And uh, yeah, you're right. It was an antithesis, wasn't it? It was a completely diff- uh, two different styles of rugby going at it. Yeah.
4: Well, yeah. I mean, it was um, you know, yeah. It was just such a pity for the for the game. You know, one team so prepared to throw it around and entertain, and one pe- one team so prepared not to entertain and um. Yeah, I'm just so glad that um, the good one, Yeah. good triumphed over evil.
3: <laughs> well, and I guess now from here, we have to figure out what do we do from here? Um, I mean, we celebrate and things, but from the uh, point of view of catching England so that we're there on a regular basis, uh, what what more do you think New Zealand rugby needs to do or the, the programme needs to do so that we've got the Ferns playing more regularly like the Poms are?
4: Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, playing, playing in that competition, obviously, um you know the South Africans are uh, in the women's game are not much chop and and the Aussies go pretty good but have been a little bit hindered by the women's rugby league um a lot of the girls sign up to play that professionally so yeah I think I think we need to you know get a a core a core group of them get them professional and and get them playing rugby more often is is, it would be the key going forward you know it, it is a little bit embarrassing for the English team that you know they are a professional women's team they've you know, getting paid to do what they do and all they can do is uh, rolling moles and scrums. Um, you know, that that's embarrassing to me. I, I, I just... I find it hard work that these girls, that's all they do is, is rolling balls and scrums. You know, they clearly they didn't practice throwing the ball around and trying to score tries in the back line because nah. they well, didn't do it at all, all tournament, not even against, you know, m- massively mismatched teams. They still didn't throw the ball around.
3: And what about defensively? I mean, you know, I mean, we should, we you got to give praise to the Black fans the way they played, the way they attacked, the things they did with the ball. Stacey Flula, for me, was probably close to player of the match. What she did, um, she was absolutely fantastic. But did, did England do enough, do you think, or were they prepared enough to defend that?
4: Yeah, I think the one person down hurt, mm. but it didn't, like, England, they could have played with two down out the back because they play 13-man rugby, right? Mm, yeah, the, You know, the, the 12 and 13 are so massively strong and they just carry, like, loose forwards. So it was basically a team against of loose forwards with a quick couple of wingers, Basically, it was the English team. So um, oh, I just, you know, the girls defended well. They had to, they they, they really struggled with rolling more. Um, and, you know, our, I think our game at this level shouldn't come down to a rolling more. I just think it should be um throwing the ball around and and entertaining and you know what what the girls bought they they did up hard they did the best they can they you know it wasn't their perfect game there was a few mistakes they they kicked it away a couple of times um when they shouldn't have but um you know they they backed themselves we're going to run it we're going to run around you and and they did it really well um there was space every single time there was space and Mm -hmm. uh, when they moved it um those out the back door plays, they they found space all the time and you know credit to them that this is the game that's going to beat England because they're big and they're slow and, and they threw it around and ran them off their feet.
3: And that's exactly what they did. That was that was, that was always the game plan um, from Wayne Smith. They did it really well and we have a world champion Black Ferns again. You know it's the fourth time the Black Ferns have beaten England in a World Cup final?
4: Yeah, it's pretty glorious, isn't it? Yeah. It's, yeah. Pretty, <laughs> it's pretty glorious. And I mean, I just, again, I... Like, take the rubbish rugby and if if that's what our game has come to, even in the men's, if it's come to a rolling mall and that's the only way people can score tries, it can't be it's not a competition anymore. You throw the ball five minutes out, you're gonna you're gonna score, you know. That, yeah. It's not even a competition. Um, I just I oh, oh, I'm sure there's people out there that enjoy it, love the rolling mall, but I don't think the majority of people do.
3: The thing that I remember is that when the rolling wall first came along, it wasn't something that you did every line out. Yeah. It was something you did as a tactic, but it wasn't the tactic.
4: Yeah, and the rest of the tactic is we won't play any rugby. We'll play for penalties so we can get a penalty and kick it down there and have a rolling wall. Yeah, you know the whole game. You know, if you can't defend it, then it you know it's it's not a contest anymore, and that's. Get rid of it. Make it easy for the team to.
3: The cynic in me says that world rugby will not change anything around oh. the rolling more while England are good at it, and, no. and it works for them. No, um, but if you were going to make a change to that rule or that law, because rolling ball should, you know, it can still be a tactic. But how would you change it to make it fairer?
4: Um, how would I change it? Oh, having not been in too many rolling malls in my time, how would I change it? Um, there's got to be there's got to be a, a you know way of bringing it down initially like a like a sack we used to call it where the jumper comes down grabs the player and and, and puts them on the deck straight away like a tackle mm. um, yeah i mean oh, you're going to have to speak to someone that knows a little bit more about that <laughs> stuff up front than i do well,
3: I... cuz the thing that frustrates me is the you if a rolling ball stops once they give you the one yeah. and then you're going again and then if it stops again you've got to use the ball but for me yesterday the Scottish referee I thought she did a reasonably good job but there were times when that ball looked like it stopped and she didn't give the warning I'd like to see once it stopped it's, you that's gotta use it, it. Yep. you got to use it there, but there you, go. you don't get in a second bite yep. You know. yeah and that's fair I think that I think that would certainly speed the game up because I mean it sucks a lot of players in, oh. right? So there's got to be space. Yeah. So it makes and, perfect and, sense.
4: And then before the rolling more, they put a prop down and everyone has a rest. The forwards get a good rest, so they're nice and ready to go into. The... Yeah, I, I I agree. I just um, yeah, if it stops once, use it or lose it. Um, yeah, let's let's you know get some ball movement in the game of rugby. Um, yeah, but let's not go too deep into, you know, what was an amazing, amazing performance by by the Black Ferns. It was just so incredible. I was uh, I couldn't sleep last night. I was just so pumped from it. I'm so, so happy. And uh, my old mate, Graham Henry, was uh, involved in the coaching team. And, um, you know, he's retired. Um, you will probably retire as well. And, you know, just two amazing um, guys of New Zealand rugby. You've been around forever and they've just achieved so much. And to take that team from where they were last year to where they are right now as world champions, fantastic. Uh, Phenomenal effort by everyone involved.
3: Yeah, phenomenal is the right word. It is 13 past eight here. This is Bleeding Black Ricardo Ball. Steve Devine with you. uh, Getting a shout-out from Brett on the text machine, double eight double three. Steve Devine out here spitting absolute facts, and I'm here for it. Honestly, are there young girls in England dreaming of growing up doing a line-out drive? Yeah, well said, prit
4: absolutely i mean it's it's embarrassing that that's a professional team and that and that's all they got like that that is you know are they trying to grow the sport or are they trying to i don't know i just don't get it and i don't understand that world rugby allows it to continue you know it's it's entertainment versus rubbish and rubbish almost one which is you know which is not good.
3: No, it's not what you want. 14 past eight. When we come back, we're going to head to Scotland, change the uh, conversation for a bit. Stuart Bathgate, English, uh, English, Scottish rugby journalist, better get that right. Um, Scottish rugby journalist is going to join us and he's going to talk the test tomorrow morning, four o'clock. Yeah, this is SENZ Bleeding Black, Ricardo Ball, Steve Devine with you uh, talking rugby. Of course, we've just uh, been talking the Rugby World Cup final from last night with the Blackfans getting up over uh, the Poms and that was great to see. Well, tomorrow morning around four o'clock, we've got another rugby test on. This one, the All Blacks up against the Scots at Murrayfield and joining us to talk about that is Scottish rugby journalist Stuart Bathgate. G'day Stuart, how are you? Yeah, fine, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. What's the uh, anticipation like where you are for for this test tomorrow, given, I think, what's the first time uh, Scotland have played the All Blacks in Scotland in about five years?
5: Yeah, it is almost exactly five years. There's a lot of anticipation. It's almost just about the biggest game of the year when the All Blacks come to town, especially as we don't seem to have played them as often as we have played the Wallabies or the Springboks in recent years. So yeah, I mean, there's great anticipation. It's a sellout—67,000 people. Uh, I'm not sure how many of the 67,000 will have genuine hopes of a home win, but that's a separate issue. I think it'll be a great game, whatever happens.
4: Um, Stu, the, the teams are playing. Uh, both teams are, you know, got a bit of form back in the last few weeks. Um, is there a feel that Scotland can can finally topple the All Blacks?
5: There is a hope. I'm, I'm not sure. I would say there's a, a feel. Uh Scotland struggled to put Fiji away. They were much better in the second half. But uh you know, if they play tomorrow, our time, as badly as they did in the first half against Fiji, the game will be over by half time and they know that. Scotland know they need to tighten up. They just need to be sharper in every single aspect of the game.
4: You feel um with uh Finn Russell back um you know, he, he, he adds so much to, to the Scottish game. It's, 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 I've just got to feel over here that it's going to be a tight match.
5: is, um, he- is it going to be tight? It's going to be tighter because Finn's there. I think Gregor Townsend, who left Finn out of the squad at the start of the Autumn Nations, uh, said yesterday just he had put Finn in from the start because Scotland had the best chance of winning with him there, and he's right. But saying Scotland have the best chance with Finn at 10 isn't saying that Scotland are going to win or they're going to get close to winning. It's just saying that he's one of the few world-class players we've got and on his day, he can cause anyone problems. And he's shown that for Racing over the last few weeks. He's been in great form for Racing. So hopefully, whatever the the outcome of the match, Finn can produce that form tomorrow.
3: Stuart, but ahead of the uh, Welsh game I talked to a couple of uh, Welsh rugby people and they you know they said that there was a confidence there uh, that maybe they could do something in Cardiff because of what we'd seen with the All Blacks during the season, you know, losing games uh, to Argentina and, and Ireland and in and New Zealand for the very first time ever. Um has that fed into anything and, and it was maybe the, the vibe in, in Scotland more positive before the Welsh game than it is now?
5: I think that's spot on, actually. Before the Welsh game, what did the All Blacks score there? Eight tries? Mm. 55 points? Before the Welsh game, there was a lot of chat. This is a good time to take on the All Blacks. They're not what they used to be. They've been in dodgy form all year. Well, you know, I can't remember the last time Scotland came close to beating Wales in the style that the All Blacks did. So there's still been some chat this week about, you know, the All Blacks year and those defeats that you mentioned. But. It's been pretty subdued chat compared to what it might have been if the Wales game had gone differently,
4: mate. I feel um, the Scottish team. I've really enjoyed the way they've played rugby over the last couple of seasons. They, you know, they they do throw the ball around. They do attack uh, well. Um, a lot of it is off um, Russell and and Hodge at the back, mate. Do you? Um, it's going to be an tiny game. I think both teams will throw it around. Is we don't often see that up in the UK, eh? that normal Northern Hemisphere style that the All Blacks struggle with. <laughs> do you think? Do you think? You yeah. know? Do you think they're going to change um, the Scottish team, try and make it a little bit less attacking, and, and try and get that real Northern Hemisphere style that we do struggle against?
5: I'm afraid that Scotland will try and make it a bit tighter, at least at first. I think Townsend has selected Cioni Tupoloto. 12 instead of Karen Redpath or any other options he had purely because of defensive solidity he selected Fraser Brown at hooker he's brought him back from outside the squad because of experience and solidity Finn Russell Finn's a good defender actually that's an underrated aspect of Finn's game but again well you wouldn't say Finn was primarily there for defensive solidity he is more solid in defence than Blair Kinghorn or than Ross Thompson who's hardly played this season and Adam Hastings of course is injured so, yeah, I think I think it's a sensible course from Townsend, but I I do think it means that, at least at first, Scotland will try to play a slightly more stereotyped Euro, uh, European Northern Hemisphere game than the sort of thing you've enjoyed watching.
4: Yeah, that's disappointing. It? I, I, I love it when they throw the ball around and they're a good team and <laughs> I, I think they should back themselves to play their game, what they've been doing the last little while, because they're very good at it.
5: Well, they've still, they've still got players who will do that. The likes of Darcy Graham is not going to play 80 minutes to a game plan. I mean, he will just get the ball and do something crazy with it. And more often than not, it's a good option, but it's pretty unpredictable. And it's, it's just something that Townsend or the coaches at Edinburgh as well have to put up with. You know, a player like Darcy, he just, he just does everything by instinct and when it works, it looks great. It looks inspired. When it doesn't some of us think, well, at least he tried, and he you knew he didn't go safety first. And yeah. Duhan van der Merwe on the other wing is is similar. You know, obviously he's based on power much more than Darcy Graham is. Given that Darcy is half his height and about a quarter of his weight, but you know, Duhan will at least try and get the ball and and do something with it. We're not going to play percentages out wide. Stuart Hogg's the same, so it will be a combination. But I think if Gregor Townsend has decided we can't trace Blow for blow with the All Blacks right from minute one. I think he's right to decide that. I think he'll want to keep it tight for 50-60 and then we'll see what happens if it remains tight.
3: In terms of where Scottish rugby's at at the moment, I mean, we've got a World Cup not too far away, Stuart. It looks like you know, Glasgow and Edinburgh have been going pretty well in the United Rugby Championship. Where do you, where do you think you're at at the moment? Improving, inconsistent,
5: frustrating... <laughs> sometimes a joy to watch and that's true of Edinburgh, Glasgow and Scotland they're, they're very virtually identical game styles in some way although Franco Smith at Glasgow has, has changed things a bit but certainly Edinburgh with Mike Blair as head coach and Mike was Gregor's assistant for a while at Scotland Edinburgh playing a very similar style to Scotland Darcy's there, Duhan is back there as well so there are big similarities but it's the inconsistency they just, they're still a bit flaky, they don't it's really hard to explain properly, and if I had a complete explanation, I'd sell it to Scottish Rugby and make a fortune. But it's just something with—I just don't think we we have the depth that's necessary to get, you know, young internationals playing at world class levels straight away. I think it's too easy for talented guys to come through our system, and it takes them too long to to really harden up once once they get to international level. So the talent is there, the entertainment is there but the end product the ability to you know to grit it out in in tough games is still not there
4: um Stuart, would you rather uh, uh, would you rather your scottish team would you rather them uh lose throwing the ball around and going down to that awesome sort of running rugby or would you or to lose um playing that northern hemisphere style that, you, you know i you know what would you rather would you rather them win ugly or you know lose entertainingly is my question.
5: No, if if we were playing England in the World Cup final, <laughs> I don't care how they'd win. I think it would be quite ironic if Scotland beat England by playing the most boring game of rugby ever. But no, in general, I mean, I think, you know, I've, I've seen Scotland win big games. I've obviously not seen seen them win the World Cup or come close. But I've, I've seen them win a lot of big games. And for me now, the long-term health of the sport has to be about playing really entertaining rugby you don't want to lose every game playing that. And, you know, coaches are sensible. If they lose three or four in the trot, they will tighten things up a bit. But on the whole, I think you've got to go with, you know, where's, where the heart of the game is. And that's about emotion and being positive and doing your best, regardless of the consequences, really. And not playing percentages, just in the hope that you lose by six points rather than 26
4: yeah, I think I think that's where our game's got a few issues at the moment. You, there's there's too much. There's not enough risk and reward. Reward. There's, you know, the, the risk of you know, trying to throw it around and not achieving that is 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 too big at the moment. We need to we need to lessen that. So you are encouraged to play positive rugby because I looked at this game as being like I looked at this game as being the best game on tour for the All Blacks, being that. Um, Scotland is a team that's going to, you know, throw it around and, and and try and play good rugby, and and that's what we like to do, and and that's what was, for me, thought was going to be, you know, the best of the, the the games they have up north, and, you know, to hear that possibly Scotland are not going to, you know, try and tighten things up a little bit, I, yeah, you know, just yeah, it's not good for the game, I don't think.
5: I don't think it's going to be that bad. I think you've got to look at where Scotland are, and maybe Scotland won't be able to tighten it up that much, even if they try. Uh, as I said, it's just what I'm reading into Gregor's team. I think he'll want to keep it pretty tight. But, you know, if, if opportunities arise, it's like last week at Fiji. The game plan was to, for Scotland to impose their own structure on, on the game. And asked Townsend how, to, how he would find a balance between imposing a structure that you know, denied the Fijians ball and also ensuring that his, his back three were able to run. And he said it is very difficult, but he, he thinks he thought he could do it, and they were able to do it to an extent. So, I'm not being too pessimistic about it. I think you're right that this is should be the most sympathetic game for New Zealand in terms of philosophy or approach. Uh, but I, I think Scotland are way of just you know turning up, throwing it around, and saying it doesn't matter if we lose eight tries to five or something. I don't think you would be happy with that. They'd regard that as unprofessional. And as I said, if it was a straight head-to-head shootout from minute one, I think Scotland would be in for a pretty heavy defeat.
3: Sort of, they won't try anything as basic as that. Stuart, you, there's, you talked about you know some of the the development of some of the players. I mean, um, the guy that I think impressed uh, against the Wallabies and Ollie Smith, um, who's been given some opportunities, um, much like Rio Dyer for the for the Welsh, I guess. In, in that way, I mean, you know, what is the depth that that you've got now that is coming through uh, in in the Scottish game? You, you're happy with what you are see?
5: It's hard to say that it's exactly the same as it has been for the past thirty, forty years. But there doesn't look to be any more depth. We get individual talent such as Ollie Smith, who's just you know, he's an instinctive runner with the ball and he's he's great value to watch. He's still at the stage of making quite a few mistakes. Maybe he's well, certainly his talent is greater than, you know, the mistakes and he's certainly worth playing. But um I'm not sure how many opportunities he'll get over the next couple of years at test level, because Stuart Org's obviously there and You know, he's got bags more experience and he's just battle-hardened in a way that Ollie Smith isn't. So I think we're still at the stage, because our playing numbers are so slight, so small, we're still at the stage of unearthing some talent every generation, some as natural talent, and some as, you know, players who have been able to learn from good coaches at youth level. But we're still really struggling when it comes to numbers. It's as simple as that. And it's a problem... You know, in the women's game as well here, even worse in the women's game. And, yeah, every level, that's a
3: problem. Mm. All right, Stuart. Listen, uh, before we let you go, mate, a, a prediction. How do you think things are going to roll out uh, tomorrow morning New Zealand time?
5: I think New Zealand will score about 36 points, and I think Scotland will be lucky if they get 18-20. So, let's say an 18-point win for the Blacks.
3: All right, Stuart. Thanks very much for your time, mate. Really appreciate it. Go well and, and enjoy that game tomorrow, eh? That's great. Thanks very much, Then, Bye-bye. This is Bleeding Black on SENZ, 28 away from 9. We'll get back to the Women's Rugby World Cup final next. Taylor Johnson joins us. 24 away from 9 o'clock here on SENZ, Bleeding Black. Ricardo Bolt, Steve Devine with you and joining us now, I don't know if she's slept yet after uh, last night at Eden Park, but Taylor Johnson, good morning.
2: Good morning. I tell you what, I haven't slept because I live in Mangere and every Samoan has <laughs> told me that we've won the rugby League World Cup semi-final. So uh, it is so noisy. I'm surprised you can't even hear them through the phone.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Mate, how good, how good. I mean, uh, uh, you know, I, I know that you represented Samoa yeah, yourself. Uh, so uh, two big <laughs> two big wins, so a uh, big win for Samoa, probably unexpected, uh, uh, but not uh, maybe as unexpected as the Blackfins rolling over the Poms on, uh, last night at Eden Park.
2: Oh, it was such a phenomenal atmosphere. Like I, Eden Park was outstanding. The crowd was awesome. Um, what a game as well. Just absolutely everyone were on their feet for most of the game. Obviously, that red card was a huge moment as well. And I just think England deserves so much credit for, you know, staying right into the fight until literally, you know, the last seconds of the game with 14 women on the field. Um, but equally, the Ferns, you know, they still played outstanding. So it was such a good game. And I think a real good display of women's rugby and rugby in general for, you know, those people who don't often watch rugby, aren't really rugby fans, but just watched for the sake of it because it, you know, was in New Zealand and free to air and things like that. So I'm pretty sure we've got a few new um, fans.
4: Um, Yeah. Just so happy that the girls stuck to their guns and played the game. They've been trying to play all year and threw it around. And um, it was just so entertaining to watch. And, you know, Kids watching the game, that you know, they see that and they just think, you know, that's something I want to be part of. Um, I I was just so happy for the girls to, to, you know, obviously get the win, but more so just do it their style, do it their way.
2: Oh, 100%. You know, the whole tournament we see that they only run it from inside their own 22. I could see so many people screaming in the crowd, just kick it, but they refuse to do it. And I think that's the cool thing is that they stuck to their guns and Wayne Smith said, we're not going to win this tournament if we play like everyone else. And and um, he did exactly that. You know, they, they changed things up. They always... Um, went to their back line. And, and why wouldn't you when you've got all the superstars in that back line that the black friends did? But I, I totally agree with you. It's because they played their style, you know, England. They obviously reverted to the driving more, having lost it back. Um, and, and I think, you know, people criticising them, saying, well, they play boing rugby. Well, if you had, you know, one less woman in your back line, you're never going to spin it out there because you're not going to get through. Um, so, yeah, it was really two contrasting styles of play. But I think, as you said, you know, the, the way the Black Blackbirds play is, is really appetising. You just love watching all their tries. There was some phenomenal tries scored by them as well. So, yeah, it was great to see that they stuck to their guns and put out such a good performance.
3: Uh, Taylor, the crowd. You mentioned the atmosphere there. I mean, at one point, you know, the uh, the ferns were fourteen nil down after thirteen minutes, and that you know that that could have been deflating. How big a part do you think the crowd were in keeping them in the game?
2: Yeah, it was interesting because when England got up fourteen nil, and we were all saying to each other how quiet the stadium was. You could literally hear everything that was being said on the field, and we were quite far away as well. And uh, I think once we scored that first try. Everything, you know, everyone started to find their voice. Um, The English were certainly very loud in that opening 20. Um, But it it was actually interesting because I've never heard a full stadium be that quiet because I think everyone was like, oh, here we go. Like, England's got their role on. And then I think after that red card, things just, you know, went the way of the black friends from there and the crowd really found their voice but I tell you what after when I was doing the presentation for the trophy at the end I couldn't even hear myself think because it was just so loud like my eardrums were rattling <laughs> from the screaming for the black friends and I think the most beautiful thing about that crowd as well is I, I wouldn't say many people left at all after the whistle everyone stayed around to congratulate Frank. England and New Zealand um, afterwards, you know, it was still such a full stadium at the end and to hear that that big roar and also I just think the crowd was outstanding even towards the English and French you know when the England were doing their lap you just saw all the Kiwi supporters saying you guys are amazing hard luck you know we're proud of you as well so I really enjoyed the crowd not only tonight but the whole Rugby World Cup for women because it's a lot more uplifting I would say you know I've been to plenty of them uh, all black chess matches you know if we ever played any of the rivals you always hear a lot of uh jest in the crowd and all of that but you often don't hear it in the women's crowds which is quite interesting
4: yeah, um, you're just such an a amazing, all right. But how do, how do the girls keep it? What, are the, what do we do to, to keep the momentum going forward? Because, I mean, they've just put themselves on such a front foot. It's, it's, it's incredible what they've achieved to now. But how do we keep it going forward? Yeah, it's an interesting question,
2: you know, because I think you just – the way that they are hold themselves you know like characters like Ruby Tui there's so many mums out there saying I want my daughter to be like that and, and things like that so I just think we just need to keep doing more of the same probably um, offering out a bit more professional contracts and and increasing um, the games in Super Rugby Open, which they are doing so there are clear pathways now you know um, it, it's crazy to think that you can just walk down to your local club rugby game and watch about 11 black on the field and things like that so I think it is going to keep going because um, the black rooms are really accessible to the community. And I think more and more people are wanting to be like that and, and can be like that. So I think, yeah, obviously um, more investment is is never going to hurt and it's going to do, um, you know, wonders for New Zealand. I mean, you look at the English side, they've had about, oh, like four, four years or something being professional. So the fact that, you know, they were that good uh, really goes to show what investment does. But equally, um, then can we keep Wayne
4: Smith around for longer? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I I, mate, I think it's a bit embarrassing that those English girls um, have been professional for four years and all they can really do is a rolling more um, and and scrum penalty. I, <laughs> oh, I, 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 I think in their defence they
2: do play extensive rugby, but you I know, this, yeah, they had one one short, But hey, if you got if it's not broke, you know don't try to fix it. <laughs> well, it is
4: broke because it didn't it didn't they didn't win. You know, I just <laughs> I just. Uh, you know that's all they've got. They they even against the teams um, like Scotland, the teams they should have put a lot of points in. They just did their rolling more and they did their scrum penalties. They didn't they didn't really ever try and throw the ball around. I knew they they scored one from long range, but that was it got to a quick winger and you know it opened up. I just uh, I don't I don't think I don't think um, as a professional team. I, I just think I thought they were weak. That's what I thought. There we go.
2: I think like, although they often do go revert to their mall and obviously a lot of scrum penalties, I think their back three are really instrumental in everything because their kicking game is probably the best in the world. Those three are always putting them in the right positions. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I'm a Ford. I'm never going to complain about driving ball Where, Where's so. their running
4: game? Where, like, wh- <laughs> You're
2: not going to get that out of me.
4: <laughs> Where is the English running game?
2: yeah i mean like as i said if you've got if you know you've got a one woman um disadvantage in the back line you're never going to spin it because you're going to get shut down and would you rather go forward with the forward pack or backwards in the back line
4: but yeah i mean that w- that was the final though one down but they played scotland they played some teams that they should have really pumped and could have thrown the ball around and they just did you know they never had a plan b england and that's that was but that was their downfall they never had a plan b they had their rolling ball they had their scrum penalties and, you know, we didn't shut all of it down last time. We shut it, snippets, particularly at the end, we shut one down. And and they never had a plan B. And, you know, I think if you're a professional team, I think you should, you should you know, you should have a plan B. You should be able to play another type of, of rugby. And they didn't. And, and oh, that's why I, I'm glad um, they lost. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think
2: they definitely should have had a plan B. But... You also need to give it to a team like New Zealand who shut down any, you know, option of going to that back line with such a good um, uh, defensive back line as well. You know, I think all the New Zealand backs probably beat England when it comes to out and out pace as well. So I think defensively, New Zealand were good in the backs, but obviously um, (laughs) driving more defense probably needs a bit more work.
3: Yeah, I mean, on the driving more, I know, Taylor, you said you're a Ford, so you're not going to not gonna bag it too much. But we were talking about it here and there were times I thought in that final where, I, and I thought the Scottish referee did a reasonably good job, but there were times when it looked like that driving mall stopped and she didn't call that's one. She kind of let it rest for a bit. And and it yeah. almost gives it it almost makes it in, unstoppable the way that that was officiated. Yeah, I mean, do you think I, they need to look at at the way that the driving? Well, we were talking about it before and saying maybe when it stops once, that's when you use it. You don't get to go again.
2: Yeah, I agree. Uh, look, I, I think um, it does create boring rugby. If you're <laughs> being honest, um, if you're getting to use it time and time again, I think that's a great idea to use it um, once it stops the first time. Um, yeah, I mean it, it's 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 hard because you know as soon as you collapse it, you give away a penalty, and there's so many times where own teams are bringing it down. Um, you know, if someone trips over a boot, but then the other team gets penalised because you know you why would you bring your own more down type thing? And it's quite hard to officiate when there's so many bodies, so many bodies in there. But yeah, I, I agree, it is. Um, it's not exactly the most attractive thing, but I think why people revert to it is because it's, as you said, because it's almost like safeguarded because um, you get two goes at it.
4: The girls today, um, obviously they're having a few celebrations. What's the, do you know what the plan is? Do you know where they're going to be? If uh, anyone's listening, wants to go down and buy them a beer?
2: Yeah. So um, they're actually going to be in Mart, Um today at 12 o'clock to 2 o'clock. Um, the whole entire team at um to Square. So it's just um in between Commercial Bay and Bredermart from twelve to two. So um yeah. I don't know if any of them would have slept. I highly doubt it. There'll be plenty of sunglasses on um despite it not being sunny today. I hope um, they haven't slept. <laughs> they deserve it.
4: <laughs> I really hope they haven't slept. I they deserve to um be having a great time.
2: Oh hundred percent. Um they they were just outstanding. Um and I think it's the way they carried themselves throughout the whole competition, you know the lights were well and truly off at Eden Park last night, and security were trying to kick people out, and they were still out there signing, um, you know, uh, flags and everyone's um, shirts and things like that. And I just think, you know, going back to it, the reason why women's rugby is going to grow is because of the characters you've got in there. You know, I much prefer doing post-match interviews with the women's <laughs> players than I do with the men because they're just so much more charismatic and honest yeah and I like that about them, and I think that's why people are really enjoying um supporting them because of the way they hold themselves in the community, as I said, they are really accessible, they're always out and about um you know going to a promo is never an issue for them.
4: <laughs> When's the ticket tape parade? surely, surely they get a ticket tape parade?
2: yeah, your things so. are, we'll see we'll see um, they, they um they deserve a big parade, I'm sure probably we'll have one in Wellington. Um, since, since Auckland and took it were the lucky ones to get the World Cup.
4: I think, uh, in, like, just in terms of a team performance, uh, one of the greats for me, they, you know, they were, they were never meant to win. They got a hiding last year and they've come back and they've played w- the way they've wanted to do. If any team deserves a ticker tape parade, for me, it's uh, it's that team.
2: Oh, 100%. Um, and it's also a big feeling of redemption for a lot of those women who went on that end-of-year tour last year, just got absolutely pummeled by France and England and then to beat them in a semi-final and then a final at home um, was just huge for them and and, you know a lot of the players are the same and so they would have felt you know the absolute disappointment to the elation they feel now uh, it's so deserving but again you got to go back to that coaching staff who have really turned this team around you know Um, we spoke about the boring way England played like that was us at the end of your tour last year. You know, we were just so simple rugby, not, not doing anything, but because Waynesmith, you know, gave them licence to be creative and to try stuff, um, and look where they are now. So I, I think, yeah, as you said, they, they deserve that parade.
3: Ta- uh, Taylor, before I let you go, mate, 40,000 there last night. We, I talked during the week to Nick Sautner, the CEO of Eden Park. He said, um, that was, I think, Wednesday, he said they were already talking to New Zealand rugby about a Black Ferns test at Eden Park again next year. Um, how do you mm. think that would go? I mean, I know world champions, we get caught up with a tournament. Do you think they can sell out a, a, a one-off test like that on on its own next year?
2: Honestly, I think it depends on who we play. If it's a Japan again, I don't think so. Um, I, I genuinely think it depends on, you know, the rivalry. I think, you know, there were 40,000 people there, I'd say, almost half were English supporters. You know, like, it was great to see that, that many people come out. But I think uh, I, I think they can do it if they ride on the momentum of this World Cup. I mean, I've got plenty of friends who, who don't really watch rugby, but they brought tickets and they were like, we just love watching the Black Ferns. They're such a good team. And even my husband, like, you know, he's the only, like, you know, ever watch men's rugby and then he's come along to these games he said to me last night I "I actually really enjoyed that you know so it's good to see people um, being open to going to women's games and actually enjoying it
3: yeah good stuff Taylor hey listen thanks very much for your time this morning mate I know you've got a big day ahead enjoy it and uh, continue those celebrations eh? we'll we'll probably still be partying it's like you know you have a birthday week we're going to have a celebration week I think
2: (laughs) absolutely we'll be celebrating all the way to the next weekend
3: yeah good stuff Taylor thanks for your time mate go well See you later, mate. Bye. Uh, Taylor Johnson there with us, uh, Sky Sport Rugby commentator. It is uh, 10 away from 9. What do you think? What were your takeaways from that final? You can get in touch with us on 0800 150 or text us double eight double three. What happened last night? Well, the Black Ferns became world champions, uh, beating the Poms 34-31 in the Rugby World Cup final, the fourth time they've beaten England in a uh, World Cup final, which is Got to hurt if you're you're of the Red Roses uh, variety, but we'll talk more about that in the next hour. We're going to take your calls on 0800 150 811 and your texts on 8833. Uh, Before we do all of that, though, we're going to catch up with a bloke who's got a great viewpoint from both sides of the coin ahead of the All Black Scotland He's a Kiwi, born and bred, but played for Scotland. Brendan Laney, he's going to join us after 9 o'clock and we're going to talk All Black Scotland. We'll get his take on that final from last night as well and we'll go round the grounds to some of the other big international matches that have happened overnight, including the Wallabies getting beaten by the Italians for the first time ever. We'll do all of that and more after 9 right here on Bleeding Black with Ricardo Ball and Steve Devine. Just got nine o'clock here on SENZ. This is Bleeding Black, talking rugby, talking New Zealand, rugby, talking... Black Ferns winning World Cup finals are talking All Blacks taking on Scotland and, uh, and All Black 15 taking on the Barbars as well. Cover all that off this hour and we'll take your calls on 0800 and you can text us on double eight double three. Before we do all of that though, a bloke who's got a unique view of the game tomorrow morning. He's played in the the navy blue uh, but grew up supporting the boys in black. Brendan Laney, how are you mate? Good day, Ricardo. Nice, to, nice to talk to you this morning. How are you? Yeah, good mate. You sounding sprightly? You, you obviously had a quiet night last night in preparation for going to church bright <laughs> early this morning.
6: <laughs> you're correct. Or did I did so actually. It's only because I had a reasonably large week. <laughs> <laughs> cup week, in week, in mate. It's, it's had the hide from.
4: <laughs> oh, so you're you're on the back end of a uh, a bender, as such.
6: Oh, she 's been uh, it's been an awesome week cost she really has everyone's, is, uh, after two years of of a night happening everyone got excited and and uh it was just just a uh, really good day on the tuesday for for cup day and then yesterday unfortunately the old uh after about race three they decided the track was no good and um but, gee, what a day it was. It was absolutely beautiful. So uh, the, the Pundit's got a great day out. And um, fortunately, just didn't get any races. So I just seemed to do a big beer garden.
4: Mate, what, I, under- uh, yeah, what I understand of uh, Cub Week is it doesn't really matter if the horses don't run around.
3: Yeah, pretty cool, mate. I've seen you on Tuesday myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Brendan, we got you on to talk, uh, talk rugby. Of course, All Blacks are playing Scotland tomorrow morning at four, uh, and, and you were uniquely positioned uh, to talk about that. But before we do that, uh, the Rugby World Cup final last night, the Black Ferns against the Poms. Uh, fourth time now that we've beaten the Poms in a World Cup final. How good?
6: Oh, the girls played bloody well, didn't they? Jeez, they were great. They, um, I must admit, I, I was sitting there with my well, wee on the couch and um, when they had that Tap Benley with a couple of minutes to go, I just about had a heart attack off. But your Wayne Smith tackle wasn't too bloody good either, but they um, managed to get away with it and, uh, and, they, and they did a fantastic job winning that, that game because really, if you're looking at the earlier on in the game with a couple of those... Uh, um, rolling ball tries, um, you know, with a minute to go, and, and, and Pont had a rolling wool, You would have just about beat your house on it. So they did a great job. Fantastic for uh, for the girls to have the, the stadium full up there, yeah, and, and gee, what a fantastic job by all, all of New Zealand to to give them support and them. I know, I know, quite a few people went up there for a cross-shoots to watch the final as well. So yeah, you go know, on, New Zealand, to get behind them,
4: mate. What do we got to do? What have we got to do to make a rolling ball not the most important part of rugby?
6: Yeah, well, I totally agree with you. It's, it's bloody tough, isn't it? Um, uh, look, I suppose we've had the rolling more in rugby for 100 years, so, um, but unfortunately it's now becoming a real attacking weapon. Um, uh, I, I don't know, can they not... Uh, we can just about have a rolling ball from 20, 30 yards. Um, yeah, look, I, I, unfortunately I don't get paid enough to, to, to come up with that answer, but... Um, it's it's certainly a, a bit of a bite on the game at the moment, isn't it? When when we know we can put it up our shoot, and um, and you know get a get a at least five or at least seven out of it every time. So um, yeah, it, it, was, it was look it just it certainly takes away from the spectacle, but let's say that. You know, teams have got to get up and defend it, and we did that in that last one. They got up in front of the jumper, they defended it bloody well. Um, they turned the ball over and they won, won them the game. So it can be done. Maybe maybe teams have just got to be a bit smarter with, uh, with the way they do defend it. So, um, yeah. Be interested to see
3: if, I, if there's anything comes of it. Yeah, it will be, mate. are looking forward to. Uh, I think there's, there's going to be a party uh, down at uh, Commerce Bay uh, today in Auckland that'll probably run for about <laughs> a week. Uh, but that, that's, that's, that's all right, mate. Now, we should talk Scotland. Um, you know, they, uh, they they put out a. I guess you call it a a development side to an extent against the Wallabies a couple of weeks ago, Um, and and now they've got the All Blacks this week. What have you made of where Scottish rugby's at uh, so far on this Northern Tour, what do you expect tomorrow?
6: Well, look, look, they're like all teams at the moment, aren't they? They're trying to find their 15, when I say 15, their squad that's going to go into a World Cup. Um, I heard a a comment yesterday the All Blacks have got seven seven tests left until they uh, hit the World Cup while every other team in the world is probably in the same position. So, you know, these test matches are vitally important for them to get combinations, have a look at guys who are, you know, maybe urging on on the team or, you know, just on the outs and and they need some time. There's probably guys that are coming back in from some injuries that the coaches want to see. So I know, I know Tony, I'll agree, Townsend, he'll be, he will be pretty pretty interested with his coaching group to do that sort of thing as well, um, and hence the reason we've probably seen, you know, a couple of teams that he's put out, and particularly against the Aussies, that were, you know, not necessarily the the A side, if that's if that's the right word word for it. So you know, but I do know what what importance they put on playing the All Blacks, and particularly at home. Um, look, all those teams they were going to play um, the All Blacks on this all on this t- tour tour. Um, we certainly thought they were, or had a look at the All Black performances in the last year or the last six or eight months and gone, gee, we've got an opportunity here. So um, Scotland will be no different. Welsh thought they could get up there and did it. Um, the All Blacks played particularly well up front and numbers like that, well, Scottish, Scottish boys will be the same. They'll be fizzing to have a crush at them, full, full house at Murrayfield. And, um, and, you know, with... To be fair, everyone back in the Blacks. so um, they'll probably first and, and ready to go. And I know Gregor Townsend will be making sure the boys are, are ready to go as well. So it'll be, uh, I think it'll be actually a really good test match.
4: Mate, you think you think the Scots are going to go out and try and win it and throw the ball around like they have been, or do you think they're going to try and slow it down a little bit and um, you know that Northern Hemisphere style really come out?
6: Well, oh, Stevie, look at the end of the day, mate. They, they can't do that against the All Blacks, can they? um, they'll, they'll get beat by a heap if they do that. They try and slow the ball down, and they've got they've got to they've got to try things against the All Blacks. you You don't you don't beat the All Blacks player either. A slowing the ball down and checking penalties, um, which is what Northern Hemisphere rugby's been a lot about, and. Of you know, history, so I think um, they're going to go out there and have a crack because they've got to. Mate, I, hope so. I hope
4: so. I hope so because they're really yeah. good. They're really like they're they're like my top three favourite teams in the world right now because they when they when they you know turn it on they they think you know they're as good as anyone. Like there's they they run as good as the Irish. You know they they can attack as good as we can when when they decide to do that. I just hope. Yeah, like, you
6: right, mate. You did right. They do. Um, you know they're, they're, they're a bloody good attacking side when they get going, and you know I, I, I do hope they do that because uh, it's certainly going to make it a hell of a lot more entertaining. I suppose like anything, isn't it? If if they do do that, are opportunities that, that they get, they're going to have to take and and not scorn them. So um, and then and then try and keep that mistake level write down. So I suppose it's like anything, really. You know, coaches are going to have to you know play that their game plan is going to be played around the players that they've got on their side and um, you know they'll, they'll pick, pick a team to, to do that so um, and and I think it's also exciting with the Blacks too you know they've picked a couple of new players in there I'm really looking like lots like Mark Talia in there I think that's really exciting too he's played so well for the Blues for the last couple of years and it's great to see him get an opportunity and, uh, and you know I, I just think it's going to be a really good test match that so, you know Murrayfield Chocker as you know if, He's brilliant. So, um and they'll be really fizzed over there too. So um I must admit, I'm, not, I'm not looking forward to being up at three in the morning to watch it, but uh I'm looking forward to watch, looking forward to watching the game, that's for sure.
3: Yeah. Uh what, what do you make of it? I was gonna I was gonna bring up the all black team. Um you know, they, I, I thought they may have made more changes than, than what they have, but it's actually a reasonably strong team. Although, uh, not not keeping Geordie Barrett at 12, he's brought Harvey back in with Leonard Brown and put Geordie Barrett back to, to 15. Uh, feels like Fozzie doesn't want Geordie Barrett at 12 to work because it, it wasn't his idea. I don't know what you think of that.
6: Yeah, I think... Well, Look, Geordie's played bloody well at 12, hasn't he? He's, he's stepped up to the mark. He's a big lad. He, he's a big ball carrier. He's not afraid to take the ball off, the line on. Um, look, personally, I think they're having a look at what what Harvilli and and lennon Brown can do together. Um, once again, we go back to what I said earlier. You know, they're, they're all looking towards the World Cup. Um, yes, they want to win test matches, but. They're looking at combinations and and that's another combination that they really haven't had to try because Antonina Brown's been been laying in it for so long. Great to see him back, um, fantastic to see him back, but it is still a really strong All Black team, isn't it? Um, They haven't messed with it too much. I I was a bit the same as you, Card. I thought they might have tried a few other different combinations, but um, if uh, if they know the threat that Scotland can create, like CV said, they'll throw the ball around. And we hope they do. So um, I think the All Blacks are just a wee bit weary of um, having a slip up like what like we've seen with certainly beating Australia.
4: Mate, I think the the, the one person we're talking about combinations, the one person that I feel most for is Will Jordan because he would have definitely got some time at fullback on this tour, and um, unfortunately hasn't gone away. Uh, I, I I just still think he's going to be our best fullback in the country.
6: Yeah, I'm a bit bemused as to why they haven't given Jordan, uh Will Jordan a, a crack at fullback. I just like, he's been our best fullback by a long shot. I couldn't agree with you more, mate. And I yeah, it, it baffles me there. And I do feel for him, you know, like and it's such a innocuous sort of uh injury or ailment he's got too with it with an ear infection. So, you know, I feel I really do feel for him. Um, like you said, he would have played a, probably a quite a few bit of minutes at fullback and this probably would have been a prime game for him. He just seems to have the knack to turn up in the right place at the right time, but it's his speed.
0: Yeah.
6: And uh, you know, he's just been fantastic at, at, at I suppose he's getting our most attacking weapon, isn't he? You know, looking go back to the Irish test and we lost a few games in that. I mean he was our best player by yeah. a long shot.
4: Yeah, he's and,
6: uh, and we still didn't give him the ball.
4: There's just no substitute so. for speed, is there?
6: Yeah, well, it's, well you had it. You had <laughs> team, so, I only at the bar, you know? mate. <laughs> <laughs> I was alluding to that. You know, no, no, no. No. You you're right though. Like he's just so bloody quick and, and that speed you just can't substitute it. So, you know, I, it was a real shame we're not gonna see it, um, much of Jordan. But look, the the upside is they know how good he is. You know, they're not gonna leave him out. He'll he will he will get game time and if anything happens to any other boys, all. they know they've got a guy of of Wolves' caliber to switch
4: to fullback, um, mate. I I know you, Mark uh, Tealea. He's been playing outstandingly well. The other guy that blew my mind, um, you know, he's been around for a long time, is Sean Stevenson. He played in the Ireland A game. I'm not sure if you've seen it. He he was outstanding. Like he was just, you know, best player on the field. Surely um, you're an outside back. Surely he's close to getting a getting a go with the ABS. Yeah, it has to
6: be, mate. Yeah, he's he he had a really really good Super Rugby season. Um, probably mostly on the wing, but we know he can play fullback. Um, and then, and then when he played in um, IT Cup this year, he was he was leading from the front. He was outstanding for North Harbour, and he's just gone on this trip overseas. <coughs> excuse me, and he's he's been magnificent. Um, and like you said against Ireland, he was just yeah, he was really really good, a step above. So. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's probably been the beauty of having these guys go over on this New Zealand 15 as well. Um, they're getting to play against guys at, at another level, um, but close to the Allbacks, the Allbacks have got their island as well. And he's also getting some pretty good handy coaching from the three boys that have got involved with uh, the New Zealand 15 too. So, uh and that and the other thing with that is he's just hearing some different voices mm. from a coaching point of view as well. So he'll be getting he'll be getting heaps out of it himself. So I think it's exciting for New Zealand rugby. There's a couple of other boys on that trip who are playing good rugby too, so uh, um, I think from a depth point of view, um, I must admit I didn't understand what that New Zealand 15 was, was about. It was the development team, was their next best group of players, but they've certainly picked some good ones in certain positions, and it's given them an opportunity to really have a crack.
3: Well, well I, did, I did have somebody actually suggest to me, uh, Brendan, that it was less about the players and more about who was running the team. Is what the Is what the All Black 15 was for
6: Well Well, well If that's the case We're in the trouble If that's what we're doing um, well, I thought I thought personally It should have been a, If if it was a development side Then fair enough Call it that um, um, But You know and I suppose it doesn't matter What, what name you call it either um, It's the players That they were taken away But You know A guy like Angus uh, Angus Gardner's Boy Dominic Gee how, how well was he played At six He's had an outstanding tour Already He's got an engine was as good as uh, Ethan Blackhead is. So if that's who we've got coming up from the list forwards, um, that's pretty handy, isn't
4: it? Mate, I couldn't agree. I watched him play last week. I didn't know a lot about him or off him. I watched him play in that game, and I, I, I was just like, oh, my God, call him up now. Like, if he's not our long-term number six, if the All Blacks are not looking at that, then I don't know what's going on. He, he was He's big, he's strong, he man, he ran all game. Um, remind me a lot of Drone kino, really, yeah. as, a, as, a, as a kid.
5: Yeah,
6: well, I, I remember um, maybe two, three years ago I was doing a first 15 game and he was playing, playing six year, to St. Beach. You know, he's he's come a long way and it's just the size of him too, Stevie. Gee whiz, he's a big lad. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not playing anymore. You'll be stoked too. You're only a wee i so say. You don't oh. want to go anywhere near some of these big buggers now. Holy Mate, hell.
4: I've filled out. Don't worry about that. I've just, uh, <laughs> I'm in a, a gross spurt.
3: Yeah, I can <laughs> Oh <laughs> um, uh Brennan, I mean the uh actually on that is a man who likes who, a who likes a, uh, a think outside the box. I had somebody the other day after the uh All Black Fifteen, as it's called, played the Irish Wolfhound, suggest that you know, we need to come up with a better name. For the All Black fifteen, especially when you can't call the players all blacks. Um, so it doesn't really make a lot of sense. And somebody suggested the Alpha Possums could be a good name for the for the team. I don't know if you've got any thoughts on that, or you you got you got any other ideas about what we could call that team?
6: Were, were they drinking as well? Were they will they come up
3: with that? Potentially. Potentially. I do quite like it though, the alpha possums. There's
4: got to be a Tunnyvar, uh, an angry Tunny or something involved.
3: Yeah, gotta You're be a swamp yeah. fox.
6: Exactly. We've got to have something. There's got to be something a wee bit more fierce than, than that. <laughs> That's outstanding. Oh, yeah. Look, you're right. Yeah. That that uh, that could be. Um. That could be a uh, yeah. Just. Uh, a, come up with some sort of mask
3: or some way. that would be bloody good too. <laughs> Funny stuff. Yeah. Good stuff, mate. All right. Hey. Uh, before we let you go, Buff. Uh. What do you, What's your, What's your pick for tomorrow morning? What do you think the school's going to be? Look. I, if.
6: if if the All Blacks played as well as they did up front against the Welsh, um, I, I think they will be um, a wee bit too good. The history, history is certainly on their side, isn't it? They've never been... The, the All Blacks have never lost against Scotland. But, hey, you just never know. Since rugby's a funny game, look at Australia. Italy. Um, yep. you know, I bet they were going out there and the, the Australian boys... We've been sitting there going, Well, we ain't going to lose to Italy. Well, you know, you just never know. And at homes with with sixty odd thousand, and, and at Murrayfield, um, you know, you know, and you have to have the ball bounce the wrong way at a certain time, and the momentum changes again. But I think the All Blacks, if they have have as good a uh, forward pack performance as what they did last week, the Scottish boys are going to have to really perform, and um, and they're going to have to take every opportunity in front of them. And if they are going to throw the ball in, they're going to have to keep the mistake level down. So, Because uh, that's one thing the All Blacks do live off. If you make a mistake, they'll punish you. So I think I think, it's, I think the All Blacks will win by about 10. But I'd love to see the Scottish boys get up. Because if they do, I'm going to take Monday off work. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Mate, you there's the sound of it. You probably need to take Monday off work anyway. <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah she's been a good old week mate <clears throat> i just mate, come back from
4: a 10k run oh go? yeah yeah I'm sure hey, <laughs> mate why, <laughs> why is it right now in world rugby that any team on their day can beat any team I mean we look at the, the the Japanese almost got up against the All Blacks um, Italy's beat Aussie the, the Black Ferns um you know, beat the red roses that wasn't meant to happen. More. It's just um, on their day, it just seems to be on their day, right? Anyone can beat anyone at the moment.
6: Yeah, and that's great. I think that's what's revived the interest back in test rugby a bit too. Um, and, that, and that is great. I, I think there's a lot more uh, analytical um, effort goes into a game. Um, you know, you can get I can get a video on on watching Steve Devine play his his game and. And I can go right back to the last five, six years and get a plan around each player. So, you know, we didn't have that as such. You know, we probably were a bit more just just go out there and play. Um, whereas uh, uh, there's a lot more people analysing the game. There's a lot more people um, looking at how the opposition play as well. And then you know, the developing games around it. You know, the... You know, the All Blacks against Japan was a classic example. You know, Jamie's been aiming at that game for for Yonks. They've been training since the Super Rugby just for that game. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's that's probably the difference. They're so really aiming at certain test matches and and the Japanese one in particular was that. So, um, I think it's 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 good for new, for world rugby. It's certainly um it's certainly made things a bit even but I keep on going back to the Italian Australian game. Look at that. No one would have picked it. So
3: that's how good.
4: It's good for world rugby, but it's not good for my heart.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, neither mine, mate. No. Uh, Good stuff, Buffet. Listen, thanks very much for coming on, mate. Always good to chat.
6: No worries. Yeah, no, awesome, guys. Bloody top men. Nice talking
3: there. You. Enjoy your rest of your Sunday. Yeah, you too, mate. You too. Uh, Brendan Laney there with us uh, talking, uh, well, a bunch of stuff. Uh, it was supposed to be All Black Scotland. It ended up being a, a whole bunch of other stuff, Stevie.
4: Yeah, no, he's a good man. It always uh, Conversations always do go down a little <laughs> bit of a different track sometimes with him.
3: They <laughs> do, indeed. Uh, we've got Dean sitting on the line on 0800 150 811. Dean, if you can just uh, hold fire for a second, we'll get a breakaway. We'll come back with Dean. And if you want to call uh, and have some thoughts on All Black Scotland, on the Black Ferns, Becoming world champions on that All Black 15. Love to hear from you. 0800 150 811. 9.24 here on Bleeding Black, your Sunday morning. Ricardo Ball, Steve Devine with you, talking Black Ferns being world champions. Looking forward to All Black Scotland and that All Black 15 taking on Scott Robertson's bar bars as well. You can call us 0800 150 811, 0800 150 811, or we'll text us through your thoughts on double eight double three. Dean from Dunedin's with us. G'day, Dean. Thanks for being patient, mate. How's your Sunday morning? Dusty. Dusty. <laughs>
1: I'll
3: tell you what, mate.
1: If it, if it, how many people were there? Was there 50, 60,000 at Eden Park? How many was it? I think well, it, holds, it holds.
4: I think it's about 57 full. So, yeah, 55, 57 ish.
1: So, that's worth two points. How good? How good was that?
4: It was pretty good, all right. It was uh, it was a special night by the girls.
1: Absolutely. Like just the guts. like to keep. Coming back and coming back and coming back, it was man, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I thought we were gone, then that They keep coming back. It was just absolutely amazing. The only, I don't know what that goal kicker's thinking, going way back from the twenty-two like that. She should be aiming at the right-hand post and bending it in. When you go back that far, she's always going to miss on the left. It's like who's coaching her? That was the only thing I thought. Was, I, I
4: think yeah, uh, Dan. I think Dan Cutter's the kicking coach. Well, he knew us.
1: <laughs> but uh yeah, it's amazing. Like can geez, if Ruby Tui was a racehorse, her breeding fees would be huge, wouldn't it? Like she, she just an energiser battery personified like, Unreal. And for Coxhead to go out like that. There's never been a more deserving um, final game for a person, playing rugby. It can't get better than that, can it? You just cannot get better than
3: that. Actually, that was one of the things that actually, I don't I think it's been lost a little bit, um, because of some of the tries we scored. But Kendra Edge with about ten minutes to go, that 50-22 that she kicked, yep. that changing. was superb. Yep. That was
4: a game changer. That was, a, that was looking back on the game, that was probably the biggest moment. They they needed the ball. They needed the ball down in that half, and that kick provided them with that and and got a, got a try from it. That was uh, there. Yeah, that was massive play.
1: Not Hamburging that final at the end—that was huge as well. Like my god, yeah. Just and back to
4: just sorry, just back to Kendra. Like, not very often in sport does someone get to go out at the very pinnacle uh, with a win. Like, there's there, it doesn't happen very often, and just so unbelievably rap for her to do that um, at on the world stage. Just, just a legend, legend of the game.
1: Oh, absolutely! Like a very worthy Helberg winner a couple of moons back but to finish it makes that award that she received and thoroughly deserved even more fitting if you ask me you know like she's big climbing forwards it's like she's just like a weak fox terrier dog you know it doesn't go away
4: yeah like all good yeah. halfbacks
3: uh, yeah smash oh, it totally. Yeah, totally. smash it smash it Dean. hey um mate, uh you you're getting up at three tomorrow or four whatever time it is tomorrow morning to watch the uh the ab scotland
1: yeah absolutely. Like i I can't sleep like when there's games like that, I just I'll be awake at two o'clock, you know, like it's just i'm a, I'm, a, I'm annoyed though, like I've got to be honest. I want them to pick a fifteen and just stick with it now to the to the World Cup finals if we're good enough to get there. Like this rotation, things never work. I, I get you have got to give them games, but I actually don't. if that makes sense, I don't want to see all these players playing wherever they want. I want to see a top fifteen on the field. For every test, so they get the combination. They get confident. Like Scotland's going to be tough. They had a golden opportunity. We get all these mixed match things, and we know they're quality players. But it's not a team, if you know what I mean. Like it's not. We've got we've done this in two thousand and seven, two thousand. We've done it so many times. We've got the thirty or thirty-six best players in the world. But you know, we're not a we're a team of champions, not a champion team, and that's, that annoys me because we so can be. We have the cattle's there. We're just mucking it around. But Geordie Barrett at fullback, what's going on there? I don't get it. I just don't get it. He needs more time at 12 he gets, the better for us. The opposition are going to try to work him out, watch all the videos like Buff said. Who cares if they waste their time doing that? Let's just do it right. And try to stop the big unit. He's a perfect 12. He's not a Lamapi. He's got different skill set. But he just needs more and more game time there. Put Rico back at 11. I don't care who's at halfback. Aaron he hadn't ran for ages. I mean, last week he decides to run, and look look what happened. You know, they're just drifting off him. That was really annoying me. So he, he could have kept that for the World Cup semi-final. but Yeah,
4: anyway. I, I think last week for the first time in a while, the Ford pack went forward, which made it a lot easier for Aaron to run. Um, but, yeah, mate, I agree. I agree. It's hard. They're trying to change. They're trying to try combinations to see what is the best combination. Uh, Ladder Brown's been out injured, so he's back. They're just trying to... You know see what the best combination is, so they need, they need games where they can try that, and I guess they've picked this one. Um, I think Geordie's a 12, 100 percent think he's a 12 and should be at 12. Um, you know, let's give Geordie and Anton leonard Brown a few more games together. Um, yeah if you, if you play well in a position, then you should be able to hold that position for the following week, and that's that's how you build com- combinations.
3: Next week against England, that'll be the 15 that they think is their top 15.
4: Um, yeah I, I hope so but but who knows mate they, they might still be trialling combinations like I wouldn't be surprised if Sean Stevenson gets brought up into the All Blacks next week um, for a game I just um, I think you know they're still thinking you know we, we've got a few a few people we'd like to try out and um, there's not many go to the World Cup not many you know not not many games left to um, the World Cup so yeah I think I think there's I, I don't want them to but I, I still think they're going to trial a few things
3: Yeah, I think they will too. Dean, thanks for your call, bud. Go well, mate. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, eh? Yeah, we'll take a few painkillers
1: and we'll get
3: there at 2 o'clock. No worries at all. All right, sounds good, mate. Sounds good. Uh, Give us a call, 0800 150 811, 0800 150 811, or you can text us, double eight double three. Like Ra has, we'll get to Ra's text next here on SCNZ. Yeah, 25 away from 10 here on SENZ. Keep your calls coming through 0800 150 811. 0800 150 811. Or you can text us A Couple of texts here. Great call about England. Boring eight-woman rugby. If they want to be professional, this critique is critical for us to take it seriously. Um, Someone saying the Poms scored their first try by throwing the ball wide, but then having the winger seen I've probably put paid to them doing it again. From Jamie. That said, I think, though, Steve, you've... You said that they uh, they didn't, that it was not the only game that they didn't spread it wide and they didn't get people sent off in other games.
4: I, I wasn't aware I was asleep when
3: England had the ball. Yeah. <laughs> teams, so this is from Ra. Teams, when awarded a penalty in the opposition half, have two choices either kick for goal for three points or kick it to the corner, set it up, uh, and, and the blight on the game, the rolling ball. It too should only be worth three points for a try and no conversion allowed for a rolling ball try. I just,
4: yeah, yeah, there are options, but I just think it's easier to be able to make it more contestable. It's yeah. not contestable at the moment. It's just if you get the line out, you maul. If you don't, you often get a penalty from it when you kick it in the line out again and then you do it again and someone gets yellow carded. So it's even worse.
3: I, I get, you know, the, there's a penalty, you, get, you can get penalised for pulling down a maul, right? But surely if the maul's going and the person with the ball, you tackle them, you take their legs out, you're tackling the ball carrier, that shouldn't be a penalty.
4: Yeah, it's, it's yeah,
3: I, I, I don't understand
4: what goes on in there. I just used to tell the Fords to push, and if they needed to push a bit more, then they should push a bit harder. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's a uh, who knows? I don't the refs don't even like one time in New Zealand last night. Um, they got a penalty advantage against them, um, for bringing it down. The mall didn't even go down. Like, how can that be a penalty if it didn't go down?
3: Anyway. Yeah, There was there was a penalty, um, I think it might have been the last penalty of the game that England then kicked out for the, to the corner again um, for, for a line-out where the English player who had the ball had her back to the line and there was no Blackfern behind her and she fell over Yeah, and the referee said it was collapsed. collapse more. I was like, how? Where? Yeah. She just fell over. Um, but anyway, Steve has called through on 0800 150 811. Morning, Steve, how are you? Yeah, m- morning, fellas. <laughs> what
7: a night, eh? Crazy.
4: Grace. Um, it was a cracker, all right.
7: Yeah, just um, I, I just could not believe that atmosphere. It just had a completely different feel to it um, compared to you know an, an, an all black an all black game, and hopefully, hopefully it's the catalyst for the for the rugby like, union to to actually to actually think about how they even present the all blacks. Because I tell you what, that Ruby 2 has just done such a great job in in, in terms of promotion. You know, she's not not afraid to, to to speak her mind. It's just been it's just been bloody refreshing, guys. You know, um, you know, even the likes of Wayne Smith basically said he had to change his mindset because you know, being in a bus heading off to a test, guys are listening to their got their headphones on. It's pretty quiet where uh, the black Ferns are. You know, it's completely different. You know, a little, little little bit of chatter, singing and 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 whatnot. So, you know, from that point of view, I think that just basically open themselves up and and you've you actually got to
4: know them the players do you agree guys yeah I, I think you know um you know what how how they do things and how they go about things is is their way and um you know how the all blacks go about their things is their way I, I, sometimes you know you shouldn't just change things because one team's done it and it looks good it's, it's about you know about what works best for the team and um i mean who's to say that Who's to say that they couldn't have, that wouldn't have performed better maybe if they would have you know it, it works for them. That's what I'm trying to get to. I guess you know if it works for, yeah. if it works for them, then yeah, all for absolutely carried on.
3: Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, that's yeah. the thing, Steve. Yeah. I think it's it's up until now anyway, there's been less of a, of a microscope on the black phones than there is, say on the All blacks, and that, that probably has influenced the way they, they respond to media. Yeah, yeah
7: you probably did right. In that respect, um, I also want to touch on the on the the, the driving wall. I'm actually a fan of it because that's what differentiates rugby from, from 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 rugby league. That there are different styles, and listen, the English are, are, are very very good at it. And what you have got to remember is that pack that they had on the paddock last night is a very experienced pack. You know, apart from probably McMenamin and probably Sarah Ahitani. The rest of that the Black Ferns pack is pretty inexperienced in the, in the greater scheme of, scheme of things, you know, if you compare them to the, to the pack that won the last World Cup in 2017. And the English, they've got that driving wall. It's very, very impressive. It's, up to, it's up, to, up to other teams to counter it. And, you know, you see that with the Crusaders. They are so good at countering countering driving walls. And even the, the All Blacks, since they've taken on Jason Ryan, They've really improved that area of, of their game. I, listen, I just think it is it is what it is, and, and if you can do it well, and and let's not forget, we actually we actually scored two tries off the back of lineout drives. As um, well, I think I think there is a, there is an art to it. I suppose there is, there is one thing. I personally think if it doesn't if you don't shift it immediately, I think you've got to move it, because I think sometimes the referees are calling one and then it doesn't shift, and it shifts a little bit, and it gets going again. I, I actually did think, on a couple of occasions last night, you could have arguably said it was truck and trailers, especially when one player broke off and she had just the one player in front of it almost looked like a blocker, for crying out loud. Mm. Um, but 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 for me, I'm, I've actually got no issues because it's rugby's The game that works for all different shapes and sizes, and having seen some of these English girls live when they played out, at, out here at OutWested, at uh, Waitakere Stadium and I've got to say it's a bit wild out here at the moment with all the Samoan flags <laughs> popping out of cars this, this morning um, listen it is what it is every, every team's got a every player's got a different body shape and you play you, you know you play to that strength is what I'm trying to say
4: yeah l- listen I, I agree where you're going with it but, but at the end of the day our game rugby played by men or women uh, is entertainment And I just don't think fans who are paying money to sit on a seat and watch it uh, are getting the entertainment they deserve by watching 50 minutes of Rolly Moore. That's that's my issue with the game. Uh, It's... Yeah, it's it's very good when you do it well, uh, and it, and I think the rules at the moment are allowing teams that do do it well. That there's it's too hard to stop, so it's not a competition. And we do have people with different body sizes, but it's not a competition at the moment. New Zealand did it yeah. against them. I, I agree, but we New Zealand also threw it around a little bit and tried to score in the backs, which, you know, which was exciting and in which what the crowd wanted to see. Yeah,
7: I, I think you've just got to try and. Negate that you know come up with come up with tactics to actually try and negate that driving wall, and maybe not let that team get in a position like i thought if you if you think about probably those th- three of those tries that they scored were all from mistakes that we made in our red zone and then they basically they basically capitalized like maybe we should have played a bit of field position, but' I think that's, that's the style that the black Ferns wanted to make hey we'll we'll agree to we'll agree to disagree, but um i I'll tell you what if it's the world Cup final. Next year, and we win it with a line out drive close to the line i 'll take that every day of the week and twice on sunday
4: but what if we lose what if we lose to uh by eight tries and they're all from rolling moors you know that's well, that's my point right. that's my point is well, that it's not, it's not it 's not entertainment yeah,
7: yeah, well, well well that's that's entirely up to, that's entirely up to the that's entirely up to the uh, up to the coaching staff. i mean it's like not all games that's what makes right that's what like i say that's what makes rugby so different sometimes it's it is like a game of 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 chess look at look at nfl it's that's basically that's a very very stop start stop start sport but you know there's a lot of strategy that goes in behind and um it's pretty pretty much pretty much the same
4: and that's mate that's the problem with our game is is that it's turning into nfl and so stop start like last night there was rolling moors and then they got a penalty and they put a prop down and they, the whole game would have yeah. to stop because the prop was down, so they could have a rest, so the big girls could yeah. have a rest yeah. and get ready for oh. the run. So our game is turning into NFL, and I don't think it should turn into NFL. I think it yeah. should be, yeah. Yeah. Oh. It should be rewarded for fitness. Oh. Uh, and and if you're made really serious about slowing some of these um, rolling balls down, then then you, you have massive big, particularly in the men's game, like big muscle bound men who are so big and strong, but can't play for you know long periods of time, then then that's the problem. At the moment, the game's too lopsided towards big, heavy-bound, strong men that can have a stop every two minutes and have a rest.
3: Mm. Yeah, no, fair. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. With yeah, you good there. stuff, Steve. Hey, thanks very much for your call, bud. Cheers, guys. Cheers. All the uh, yeah, you too, mate. Uh, Steve there with us on our 800 11 A few texts have come through here as well. Guys, the rolling mall should be illegal as players are in front of the ball carrier from Tim.
4: Yeah, that used to be, you used to be able to sack a, person and pull him to the ground if only one person grabs the ball jumper if, when he lands you can pull him straight to the ground that used to be legal we don't see it much anymore i you know something must have changed there
3: yeah it must have done uh Les has texted through saying morning team when the poms were kicking off uh we were kicking off look how far over the line they were if it was cricket it would have been a no ball
4: yeah I did see that actually and I thought it had to be on on the line mm Yes,
3: it's um, an interesting one. Eh? So that, that's something that the officials had obviously missed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we've got Zane on the on the line from Para Para Umu. G'day, Zane. How are you, mate? Sorry, you there, Zane? Yeah,
8: mate,
3: I'm here. Yeah, yeah. What? Well, yeah, good, mate. Good. Uh, did, did Did you uh, What do you want to catch up on? Uh, the Black Ferns, or the All Blacks, or the All Black Fifteen? Where Where are uh, you at? Uh, uh, uh,
8: firstly, like, how, how proud am I of those? Um, the, the ladies last night, that was an absolute you
3: know, oh,
8: the exhibition of rugby and like a, the crowd, the way they got into it. I think it was bigger than um, back in 2011, so that was awesome. Um, but I just want to reiterate the thoughts. Just as I caught up, I heard that text about the, the guys in the malls being offside. I've got no problem with the mall if you have got the person with the balls with, you know, at the front because you're not offside, but how can they be in front of the person You know, two or three guys right in front of the guy who's carrying the ball, there's no way to stop it. Unless you're bigger and stronger, there's no way to stop a ball legally. So you can they should either let you bring it down or you've got to have the ball in a position where it's contestable by the opposition. Otherwise, it's just a, it's a farce in my eyes.
4: Well, it's pretty much a scrum, right? And mm. But the difference between the, the number eight having it at their feet, the, the guy at the back, which is normally the loose forward or the hooker, has got it in their hand. So yeah, oh, I just yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of what we said earlier. It, once it stops once, if you if you can stop it once, then you got to use it, or you, or you lose it.
3: Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, Zane, did you get to the game at all? Where'd you watch it? No, mate. I,
8: I'm down in Wellington, mate. So um, I think that was a big cock up by them, uh, the the organisers not bringing any of the games down here. I actually flew back from Japan with the um the Japanese ladies team when they came over. Man, there's some big girls in that. So I would have loved to actually seen them live. I'm seeing how big the Kiwis and the um, English team
4: were. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm just so happy that the Black Ferns won, mate. I'm just so happy that they played a game of rugby that was enjoyable and entertaining, and was the right way to play rugby, and they won, beating um, a, a, a horrible style.
3: Mm. Good stuff, Zane. Thanks for your call, bud.
8: Just make one one quick point. I'd have to say that the um the way the girls handle themselves, their interviews are so much more entertaining and engaging because they have the freedom to say what's on their mind. So I think that should be um, you know, taken note of by the All Blacks.
3: Cheers, guys. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Zane. Uh, yeah, interesting. It's the second person that said that, Steve. What was when you were in All Black? How how um hard on what you said and, and, and what you, how you came across with the media managers? I mean, what was your, what was, what were you given before you went and did interviews? Yeah,
4: I think, I think media was, is coached out of a lot of people. Like um, when I was playing, it wasn't, it wasn't person personable. Like it was just the black and white answers. You know, you don't give the opposition any, any ammunition to come against you the following week. It was all pretty, you know, dumbed down and blanded down, mm. but yeah, you know, it is good to see a bit of personality in the media. You, you, you now are allowed to be yourself and, and uh, and that's good to see i think i think fans particularly can relate to you know someone with a bit of personality being themselves rather than being a robot type um Person, you yeah. know, to the media.
3: Yeah, exactly. Being too media trained. But then the personality it, it, trained can, out of them.
4: it can go the other way and you end up like Ali Williams just talking absolute nonsense non-stop. <laughs> so,
3: you know, we've got to be careful what we wish for. <laughs> true, that is true. Uh, a couple of texts that have come through. See what happens when tickets are 20 to $30? The New Zealand Rugby Football Union need to get their fingers out of their bleep, bleep, and look for a commercial sponsorship for the Ferns, specifically targeting women and girls. I mean, that was good. I mean, it it was a lot cheaper than going to, to, to watch an All Blacks game, wasn't it?
4: Yeah, I mean, and we, we here you go. this is this is where, uh, as um, the public, we need to be supportive. Like, if we want our girls to be professional rugby players, which we do, and which I think we all now, they deserve to be, then we've got to go and watch games. Uh, you know, it only works, the girls can only be professional if we turn up and watch rugby matches going forward.
3: That's exactly right. Uh, has there been any discussion about where the Ferns won a penalty near their own line at near the end, and they took this the quick tap and lost possession. If they'd lost that, that would have been all you were talking about.
4: Yeah, it was a big it was a big call, but you know what? At the end of the day, that's how they decided to play and they backed themselves and they did it. Um, I I thought at the time that it was a, a massive call and uh but you know what? That's how they wanted to play they backed themselves to do it. They wanted to keep the ball moving around, and they did it. And uh, in the end, they, they you know, uh, uh, got the job done. D- Just.
3: Just. <laughs> it is 10 away from 10 here on Bleeding Black Ricardo Ball. Steve Devine with you. We've got a bunch of ticks to get through. We'll go around the grounds and update you on some of the big scores from international rugby overnight as well. Yeah, celebrating the Black Ferns being world champions yet again here on SENZ. And, Steve, we've got a bunch of other games going on or well, that have finished and one game that is currently live at the moment as well.
4: Yeah, no, there's, um, it's been a big weekend of, of sport, all right. We've got um, the uh, Springboks uh, playing the French. It's at halftime, 16-10. Uh, but the Springboks have a red card in that match, so it'll mm. be interesting.
3: Yeah, Peter Toy sent off from taking out a player in the air, apparently, a bit controversial. Some suggesting he was pushed into the player. But obviously the TMOs had a look at that and decided no. We also had a big win for the Azuri overnight.
4: Yes, uh, the Aussies went down to the Italians, which was uh, good to see. <laughs>
3: it's always, actually, yeah, you've got a lot of mates over in Aussie. Any of them picking their phones up this morning? That
4: no I've had no they're all talking about uh, the rugby league all my mates they oh. just totally refused to even acknowledge the Wallabies were playing um, but the Italians played really good rugby Like they if you see the highlights or you want to watch the game there's some really good tries from the Italians
3: yeah, Kieran Crowley doing a great job there with the Italians yeah. um, and so yeah so the Italians got up uh, they had a big win uh, the Irish beat the Fijians pretty comfortably and England beat um, Japan pretty comfortably and the RGs did themselves no favours against the Welsh. Yeah,
4: the, average, the RGs were average. They just didn't turn up this week.
3: Yeah, there you go. Um, this has been Bleeding Black. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks for your uh, calling in on 0800 1508 11 and your texts as well. We'll do it again next week for the POM. Sunday morning at 8. We'll be right here.
4: Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know.